thing, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Better than crack whores. They never stay the whole hour. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Hey, here we go again on our own, going down the only road he's ever known. There's Darren Frost, angry and all full. <laughs> Raging, well, yes, raging horseshit. Yes, okay, yes. Darren, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to the show. This show is called Anything Goes. It's a no holds talk uh, show, no holds barred talk show talk where we show. shoot the shit and we talk to people about things that happen in the little world we live in. Uh, now I'm doing the fucking intro of the show, but anyways, that's how it's rolling this week. I thought I was shitty at it. Exactly. Well, <laughs> it, you knew you had to do it each week. I'm and just I've, fucking going on the fly, and, and I'm I've done about it eight times started, better. Yeah. Anyways, let's not. There's a lot of aggression off the top. Let's save that for our guests. <laughs> Your fault. You started Let's it. save that for the guests, okay? Ding, ding, recess is over. Christina Walkinshaw's here. Christina Walkinshaw's it's here. It's shocking. I know. I could be at home watching The Bachelor like a normal fucking girl. I know. God, what are I you guys know. doing to me? But we don't attract normal girls who want to watch Obviously. The Bachelor. Come on. I'm not normal. Next, you're going to say you like Taylor Swift. We'll get Oh, I love Taylor Swift. I know Speak you now. I know. No, no. I had a super fan come to a show of mine in Niagara Falls. Uh, if you have seen me live, I do, uh, I do refer to someone in the audience audience is fucky with a Y. It's a little joke joke thing. And this guy had a t-shirt that he made on his own that says fucky on it. I'll post the uh, the picture on the Anything Goes Facebook page so you can see it. And uh, he sat in the front row and I ended up calling him fucky, not even realizing he had the shirt on till halfway through the show. So that was really kind of, you know, fun and, and, and a great little thing. But I, I started thinking myself, I would... You know, when I, when I, like musicians or comedians that I really admire, I really don't have the urge to want to meet. Some people want to meet their heroes. I really don't. I feel, I don't really care for some reason. Um, but what about you guys? Have you ever had the urge to meet one of your heroes? Do you, do you despise your fans? I don't despise my fans, but sometimes after a great show, I feel like punching some of them in the face, yes. Why? No, you'd feel like punching some of them in the face, really? Yeah, collectively. If I could just punch an audience right in the face, I've done a good job. Now, are you like me that if you... No. Okay, all right. Well, it has to be in some way. Right. But, um... Uh, do you, okay, are you like me? Just in the sense that, like, whenever I find like meet someone who really likes me, I, I, there's always a part of my brain that goes, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Not that you like me, right? But that you just—I always figure that that must be because I guess every joke tells something about someone. Sure. And if you're sort of opening up your insecurities, and then someone digs that, then I'm like, "Oh man." I, I come across as the kind of guy that you don't want to hang around with after a show. Well, for me, it's weird. Like, a, a dude who likes the show is fine, but when it's women that they really like it and they're kind of flirty, that's kind of weird. Oh, I no, just I did, like that. I know you oh, love that yeah. shit. <laughs> Dave, Dave that. loves that shit. Me, I'm scared because I'm like, you don't realize what I'm really into, and that might be even weirder or not as weird right. as what they're into. So. Yeah, if some guy comes up to me after a show and he likes about me talking about not showering for that long, I don't even want to know who you've already been with, and <laughs> right. I don't want to talk to you either. So. Right. 
But do, you, do you have weird a weird fetish to have? No, but some guys do tailor their acts to like pick up chicks after a show. Of course show. they do. Yeah, do you, that's true. But do you do you find that guys are really easy, like are approachable, or do you find yourself approachable? Pretty after much, a show? you get a lot of man trim on the road. Is what I Dave don't is get asking. a lot of man trim on the road. <laughs> if at you wanted all. it, could you? I go back to my fucking room and drink a bottle of wine and watch the Discovery Network. My favorite uh, show is Mayday with the plane crashes. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know if that's a, that's a, well. Know, I've, I've seen that show. I'm doing on the road. I've but. seen that show on a plane. Mayday. They actually so have the Discovery. Yeah. I'm watching a plane crash on a plane. plane. I know. That's not very nice. That's like fucking, you know, getting into a car accident and I'm in a wheelchair while watching the Special Olympics on a DVD (laughs) player in the back. Darren, stop it. Okay. We're already in trouble. You want me to tell you when something was inappropriate? No, no, no. So what about you, Dave? We're not supposed to be appropriate. Dave is is a big music guy. You love, would you want to meet the Rolling Stones? Uh, actually, I did meet the Rolling Stones. Uh, Christine Von Hagen and I, we won tickets outside of the uh, Rolling Stones. And it's not like one of those things, as I hear this from actors all the time, where mm-hmm. they're sort of like, oh, man, don't ever work with people like that, uh, with other actors that you admire. Right. Because once you actually work with them, most likely it's not going to turn out the way you want it to. Of course, yeah. Like, I know a lot of people when they shot this movie, The Recruit, in uh, Toronto, and I know a guy that played a, uh, like a secret agent on that, uh, and they actually got to meet Pacino, and he found out he was a bit of an asshole. Or he just was not like, right. oh, man, I'm going to meet yeah, you. Yeah. Then you meet him, and then, he, then he's just like this like, fucked up neurotic guy, very OCD. And uh, he liked Colin Farrell. But other than that, uh, he did not enjoy Pacino. Right. But I, would I like to meet the – I mean, I did meet the Rolling Stones, and it wasn't that big a deal. But. Right. I just – there's some people that just get all excited, and I think it's just a bit of a letdown. I don't know. Like, what, I'm trying to – it would be hard for – would be hard At for the end me of the to... story, um, everybody meets the Rolling Stones with Christine Von Higgins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so did I. That's right. She, was, <laughs> That's the, she flipped out. That is out. the common denominator in any Stones story is Christine Von Hagen. And we got we were backstage with a bunch of other contest winners and I just started power drinking and Christine was like don't fucking be stupid, don't fuck this up. I was like, don't worry, what are your problems? <laughs> Jesus. Fucking trying to ruin Jesus, my buzz. Yeah. But I mean uh, I don't, Backstage I, I don't, at Dodger Stadium. I don't get uh, tongue tied around any sort of like celebrity or anything like that. Or There's no one that I would really want to meet. No, I don't, I don't know. I just when I do meet them, I'm like, hey, like I don't even tell them. Like I, I was with the Headstone. They're recording an album, and someone big was recording in another studio. And I got to meet the one guy who I've been a fan of their band for years, but I never even told him. I'm just like, hey, hey, how you doing? That's right. good. Like I don't want to be like, I've got all your albums and all your words. It's just. I happened to me once. I got hammered in university. And I met Mo Berg, and it was pretty embarrassing. Who is Mo Berg? <laughs> exactly. That's how young you are. He was the lead singer of the Pursuit of Happiness, and I got really hammered and, and like sang all the lyrics in the front row. Then I met him after the concert. Don't you remember me? I'm the crazy guy in the front row. I even said that. And to this day, my two best friends, they still bring that up. I'm the crazy guy. Well, I'm always going to bring up that you just call me young. That's why you're here on the show, to help me uh, relate to the younger generation. And when <laughs> I say I'm relate, four. I mean, yeah, when I mean relate, I mean get them into my van the um without candy if uh, well, but i mean is it because that like uh you know some of the bullshit and of show business and yeah, the, the curtains so. pulled yeah. back a bit that's why you're not sort of like oh my god i wanted to meet because i mean they're sort of iconic before you meet them and then you meet them and then there's sort of you realize that there's normal fucking people i think with age and after you meet a few people even though they may not be heroes to me they're heroes to other people right and then you hear the same bullshit that they're going through that you're going through it may be a little bit bigger but in general, it's the same bullshit. So it's like, I don't really care. What is the one sort of, uh, and, and Christina, you answer this too, what's like the one sort of celebrity that you would probably get like just completely tongue-tied and jaw-dropped? Oh, Betty White. Oh, Betty White? Okay. Oh, that's cool. All right. I, yeah. lo- I love the Golden Girls. I love Betty White. And I love Ellen DeGeneres, obviously, too. Okay. And Darren? Uh, you know what? It would only be one, and that would be Gene Wilder. 
Gene, what, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. For a guy with perms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, because of childhood and, and tied to the, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate right. Factory ah. and all that. I just, it's, I love that. Out, the, I even have the soundtrack to that movie. My kids watch it. It's, you know, it would be just a weird childhood thing, not about, oh my God, he's an amazing actor and just linked to my childhood probably. So you would like, you would get the, oh man, it's Gene Wilder. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even really? go up to him. Okay, all right. I saw him on the street once. I just walked right the other way. I'm just like, I don't want to. I don't. For me, the only person would be the, for me. The only person would be Sean Connery, maybe. But then that would I would if I saw him, I would be. I've like, seen enough comics oh, do impersonations as Sean exactly. Connery. I do not find him exciting at all yeah. anymore. Well, of course you have. <laughs> no, but I, you I, can get Sean Connery know, once that, a week. Yeah, yeah. That's the only person I can think of, though. Well, we got to uh, go right to a break. Uh, this uh, this week we have two guests. We have uh, comedian John Wing Jr. and we have Rick and Chuck, the comedy duo, and we're going to be talking about uh, what's that? Sorry. I think that's three guests. Is it well three? But I mean two two sections. Oh, I guess three it. humans. I'm slow. Two guest blocks. I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, so John Wee Jr. and Rick and Chuck will be up. Uh, John's uh, up after the break. So stay tuned. I don't really have a van. I'm good with math. I don't have a van. <laughs> Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Uh, hey, everyone, this is Nug, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on Laugh Attack XM Radio. I listen to it, too, so now I'm listening to me listening to me. Weird. Even when you're a star, a punch in the head is still a punch in the head. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we're back from the break, and joining us in studio, a comedian for over 30 years, originally from Canada, now makes his home in the U.S. of A. It's John Wing Jr.'s here. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank you, all you cats. Hello, John. Those Dave. are Dave's boobs clapping together right there. Oh, <laughs> down nice. there. Man boobs? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man boobs. My bad. Right away. Um, so we were talking before we even got into this about the Louis C.K. show, Louis on FX, oh. and how we're all fans of it. Big and fan. And we were talking about the certain episode about Doug Stanhope. Yes. And how he was a kind of a bitter has-been comic who, <laughs> you know, uh, well, who we all know. And- I don't know about has-been uh, in the sense that Louis made it and he didn't. Right. And and he'd gone to like remember True. Louis was about to do was practicing to do another Letterman, and uh, Doug was doing a two hundred dollar bar gig in Maine. Yeah. Right, right. He was heading up to Maine to do a two hundred dollar one nighter. So I don't know about has been, and right. he was living in his car. So, That's right. Know, and it, it, you watch it going there, but for the grace of God. And we were saying how, you know, if you've been in this business long enough, you know a few guys who either fit the same characteristics or you see, you know, half of this guy and half of that guy in that portrayal that Doug Stanhope did. Absolutely. And it's especially for you because you're 30 years in. I mean, it must be even more of a, an impact on you, that kind of character. Or, or you've been that guy. A for a period bit too, of your yeah. life, you could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only thing that they it didn't have that, that maybe could have had was, uh, although, I don't know, did Louis offer him any money? I think he did. I think he I've, did, yes. I've been in the situation where a guy you started out with or a guy you've known a long time is down on his luck. Sure, you of know, course. And you, and, and you have 80 bucks in your pocket and you give it to him. Right. I've been in that situation. Right. But, 
Uh, you know. Well, you never gave me the 80. But that's interesting to find that out. <laughs> that little piece of advice. Okay, wait till there's 80 bucks in your pocket, then ask. Okay, I'll, that's your mouth. Well, John, okay, I'll take now it on, now. From now on, Dara's going to be going, how much you got right yeah. now? 70? I want to the, I wanna go to the Leaf game. How much you got? $80 will pay my curves bill. Yeah. <laughs> so you're one of the few Canadians that have done The Tonight Show multiple times. Okay. Um, what, you've done six now? Six, yeah. Six, right? And one was with Johnny Carson, is that correct? Yeah, two while he was there, one with him. Right, wow. Second one was with him. And, you know, we, we talked last week uh, with uh, Gilbert Gottfried about how it was such an impact, that show, for certain people's careers. And he thought that it was maybe a little bit of a fallacy that sometimes their money didn't jump up that much. And for you, I don't want to talk into too much detail, but did it really have an impact on your career right away? Or was it just another peg in your kind of move uh, forward? Well, the impact is, is personal, in the beginning, right, because you you are uh, achieving a long, uh, a long-held dream. Sure, you're also doing a five-minute oral exam in front of twenty million people, and your entire career has been is riding on it, and you've been studying for ten years. Right, there's, there's that, and so, you've been doing it ten years up to that point. Exactly. Okay. All right. Now, almost exactly ten years, and uh, the, uh, the the impact. Now, by the time I got there, the the major impact stuff was over. But the the initial impact of f the first four or five sets was work being booked. Right. You know, it wasn't like my money went up. Uh, the improv was great. I, I went into the improv and middled the first, when I first went to L.A., which was a mistake. I should have held out. And uh, so they said, well, when you get a Tonight Show, we'll headline you. And then I got a Tonight Show, and they said, well, you need two. And then I had two, and then it was four. Wow. And I never headlined for right. the improv, right? right? Because I went in as a middle. If you do that, I, I headlined everywhere else, but sure. uh, it was a mistake. I needed the work, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the, the thing was, you got booked. You, you, I would. I, one, I remember once I got within two days of the show, I had fifteen thousand dollars worth of jobs. Uh, well, so it meant work, but it didn't mean. Well, certainly in my case, it didn't mean anything else. Well, but you know, but uh, the Tonight Show and Carson was like the show at the Cachet. time. Cachet, yeah, absolutely. And it meant then, it meant some. Now it date now it dates me when they say you did the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and you see the audience going, "Wow, he's really old. He's fucking old. Look at this guy." Well, but that's seven. But I mean, we've had seventeen years of Leno, and I mean, still, have we? Has it been that long? Well, it yes. has. But, but I mean, but but it's still for most people, it is still like the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. For some, for I, a, of I, a certain age, well, I, over thirty-five, maybe. See, I I still see Jay Leno as like a cult, like hosting Johnny's show, it, <laughs> it sad, but that's what it does. I, I still, yeah, yeah. I still remember the, like the original late night wars with Letterman Leno fighting over that spot. And, hey man, I remember Le Letterman's morning show. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I had an I had a, a midnight to eight job. I my it was my first couple of years in Toronto. I had a midnight day job. I would come home after my job and watch Letterman's morning show. That's like before Kathy and Hoda? <laughs> 1981. Wow. Crap. My first, my, first, uh, my first apartment, I, when I moved out of that, I was living in a house with a bunch of people, and I moved to an apartment. I had a TV. Did you ever live with comics when you lived in L.A.? For a, for a time, um, once. I lived for two and a half years with a guy named Tony Molesworth. Oh, oh okay. yeah, Tony, yeah, of course. He, uh, yeah. he was living with Larry Horowitz, and Larry moved out, and I moved into Larry's room 
in their apartment. God, I hope you Febreze that back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that fatty. Anyways. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, he's a teacher. He teaches the comedy. Yeah, those who can't, what to, do they do? To the young, and those who can't teach think teaching is over uh, overpaid. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I, don't, I don't, they should not teach you how to cook soup in a coffee pot. That should yeah. be something that you learn on yes. your own. You know, and stealing uh, light bulbs. You know, and being, yeah. prou- and being proud he's never paid for toilet paper in 30 years because he steals it from Motel 6's. Yeah. And he, steal, he steals meat from deli trays and then char- Anyways, let's leave it alone. I you know, steal you know paper from hotels if we still got hotels. You know something, Darren, I'll tell you something about teaching comedy. Yeah. I did a, I did at Winnipeg Festival one year, I did two eight-hour seminars with uh, 12 comics. Something sure. Something like that. Uh, over, a, over a weekend, we did these two seminars. Mm-hmm. And then um, we did a show and I hosted at the right. gas station. And to a person, every single one of them, Got on stage and forgot everything I said. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, and hey, now, I, I teach classes too. I'm not saying you can't teach comedy. I'm just saying, you know, I think for a weekend workshop, I, I think there's a lot of merit to that. I think for maybe a four week thing, there's a lot of merit to that. A year program, I, I personally just think that's a lot. Well, the real, you know, as well as I do, the, the school is get on stage somewhere. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as many right. nights as you can because yep. your you you your knowledge increases logarithmically. By at a hundred shows, you know this much. At two hundred shows, you know three times. Whatever, right. you know what I mean. Yep. So that's the real school because they can't remember anything you say. They fall back on their, let's face it, shit material. Right. But it worked last time. Two guys laughed. Yeah. Uh, so which anyway. is interesting because someone brought up a point with regards to you and a comic named Derek Edwards. Yeah. If, or any American friends who don't know who Derek is, Derek is one of the top comics in the country as well. Um, he, they had brought up this point of they saw you and Derek right before doing a gala. I'm not sure if it was Winnipeg or how it would have been. I think it was Winnipeg. Probably Winnipeg. And leading up to like literally five minutes before you go on, both you and him were still tinkering with your set, wording, adding a tag, dropping something. Yep. And when a lot of guys are just kind of backstage going, I've had this in the bank for three months. And they were su- they were surprised. Really? There are a lot of guys well, doing that. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, they <laughs> there be a lot of guys that say that, but well, well, yeah, or, or feel over cocky and they don't. They're not delivering. But all I'm know, saying is, for someone of your caliber and Derek's caliber to be doing that, they were surprised that it wasn't just oh, this is already done. It's never done until you finished. Right. And if you're gonna, you know, it's fu- the funny thing about most of the Tonight Show sets were better two or three months after I did them. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, lots of Winnipeg sets are one-offs, so I'm writing to a topic, and I'm probably not going to perform it again. Uh, so I'm tweaking it all the time. The, the a quick story in Halifax this past year, I did a set, and I had a joke, and I knew I was missing the end of the joke. I knew there was something there that I was missing, and I was telling it to guys in hopes that they would sure. show up with a tag for me. Yeah, yeah. of course. And I, I would say it. I got this joke. I need a tag. Tell yep. me what you got. Yep. And nobody could come up with anything for it. And uh, at the sound check, three hours before we were taping it, I told it to Sean Cullen on stage. We were getting ready to do sound check. And I said, oh, I got this joke I've been working on. And I told him, and he said, he gave me the tag, and it was perfect. And I went, oh, great, thanks, man. And then I'm standing behind that door in Halifax. You come out through an actual wooden door. I'm standing behind the door. They've started my intro, and I suddenly think of a tag after his tag, and sure. I go, "Oh, that'll kill too!" Yep, yep. And I walk out, and they all kill. So, uh, you know, oh, I was during my comedy. Now, 
in the middle of a bit, at cl- my closing bit, which is like five, six minutes long, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I've done it 50 times before at least. And I think of a line. And I, and I think, well, can you, can you do it? Can you actually do it in the middle of a TV taping, throw a new line in? And then I realized, oh, shit, my brother's in the audience. It'll kill him. Yeah. And he'll start a big laugh. And I did it, and you can, I, can, I can pick my brother's laugh out of the sure. show. But so, yeah, always. I'm always tinkering. Now, now just to quickly, the Sean Cullen tag, did you have to sing it? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to. Have and to... I love Sean Cullen. Come on, he's got to he's take <laughs> Yeah. No, you know, you know, Darren, it might have worked better if I had some. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if a man with a raccoon shirt was in the front row, you would have done something. Oh, that's funny. That's very funny. Um, now, something else, you did an interview with a, a newspaper in Windsor. Now, you're originally from Sarnia, Correct. right? And you grew up in Sarnia. And where did you do stand-up for your first time? In Toronto? Yuck Yucks, or? the old Yuck Yucks in uh, Toronto. Okay, okay. New York Club, yeah. you started in uh, Toronto. June 30th, 1980. Wow. Amateur right. night. Went on uh, 15th out of 18. Wow. Wow. And what's uh, what's number sixteen and seventeen doing now? <laughs> I think they did well in the stock market, as Ooh, I recall. Well, uh, touche. Yeah. Um, but you did an interview with the Windsor Paper, and you brought up a very interesting topic, which we kind of thrown around on this show before, but we never actually talked about it on air. Okay. And that is the idea of that you feel stand-up comedy is not an art; you believe it's a craft. I believe, uh, yes, uh, most of the time. I think there are nights it can approach art. I think it can get close, but uh, without the craft, uh, there is no stand-up comedy. I agree with so, that. So I, I, I do not like to call myself, it's, it's a personal thing, you know, it's yeah, my yeah. personal thing. I don't like to call myself an artist because I'm a technician. More than I, I'm an artist. I think, though, for you, being a wordsmith, which is not a put-down, I think that's what your category of comedy would be, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, okay, in that I want it to read funny as well as sound funny. And also every word is important. If it's a- not an important absolutely. word, you drop it. I absolutely. Mean, these are all every things. word is important. Yeah, right. Uh, but but that but that's not art. That's craft. I know, but that's what I'm saying. So, oh, so oh. for your angle, I think... I understand that, but even even in art, there has to be a certain level of craft before it becomes art. True, but okay. Let me let me let me say this. Let me say this. Okay, in art, uh, art is subjective. Yes. You look at a painting. I look at a painting. Yes. We are going to see two different things. Yes. Okay. Okay. A joke is not subjective. Uh, there, that's well, where we could see. Here's I, the I thing. tell I tell a joke if 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 uh, people interpret it differently, uh, it's no. There's no laugh. Am I right? Well, no. I need them all to interpret it the same at the same moment, and that's craft. But you're you're what the, I understand the scientificness behind it. But I think for me, I think people do have different reactions to jokes and oh, different sure. levels of emotions tied to those jokes. Sure, but and, but your skill, the, or okay, my skill, the skill, right, is to get people to make a sound, right, at the I same agree. time. I agree with that. You're producing yeah. a sound, and if if it if the joke can be interpreted in a bunch of different ways, you're not going to produce the sound, or you're not going to produce as large a sound. But Put then that. then your well, end I, result is every single time to get a laugh, and that is it. But I, I don't think you could call something technically funny, but you can say something is like a technically well-written joke or a perfectly well-written joke, but I don't think anything can be technically funny because the funny part's subjective, right? Oh, well, oh, no, that's not right. I, no. I don't think that's right because Cookie is funny and bis- uh, Biscuit is funny. Yeah. 
uh, Bannock, also funny. Um, no, no, the, 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 Derek Edwards is a perfect example right. of this. Uh, keepsake is funnier than souvenir. Technically, there are funny Oh, funnier yeah, sure. words there are funny that, words and funny sounds. Sure, something can be technically yeah. better right. uh, for, to be funny. But uh, what did you say just then, Darren? I missed it. Uh, Dave was talking. I, yeah. What are the chances? Just, just the idea of is that someone can hear a joke and have a different emotion tied to that right. joke. Okay, yeah. sure, and, sure. And therefore, for me, it is art. I, I don't walk around thinking I'm an artist either, but I think that there, it, stand-up comedy can be an art because the definition of art is having a certain emotional reaction to something, and it can be different for you as it is for me. And even though I may do far more offensive material than, than other comics, people have different reactions to even my jokes. And I've seen people get offended. I don't know how I'm there. Get offended at jokes that aren't that offensive. So there is that idea of different emotions tied to different jokes. I, I, I get that, but remember this too. If I'm writing a joke, my my uh, thought about that joke is is not everyone will relate to this, right? Or or even five people will have an emotional reaction because they went through a similar thing. Um, that's nice if it happens, but I'm just writing a joke about my life. Sure. So, uh, so I can't really think of it in those terms. Here's a here's an example. I don't know if this is a good example, but let me give this. I wrote a poem, and it was in a book. And my daughter, when she was thirteen, uh, brought the book to my wife and said, pointed to this poem and said, "How could it was about how I'd always wanted to have a boy?" And I have two right. daughters. Sure. And my my daughter said to my wife, "How could Dad write this, knowing I would read it one day?" And my wife said, if he ever thought something like that, he would never write anything. Right. Right. So uh, the audience reaction, be it emotional or not, the only audience reaction that affects me in terms of how I deal with my, my, my job is if they don't laugh. And that means I've done it wrong and I have to find it, either make it better or dump it. You know, I don't. I don't know how many times you do something that you're pretty sure is funny, and a do lot. It, and, <laughs> well, do you, you have something you're pretty sure is funny, and the audience oh, yeah. disagrees with you several times? Oh, or, that's, that's or Dave's or life. Most of the time, <laughs> like audience, Dave. Dave's life. Yeah. Well, but the mirror but, disagrees with me. But so. uh, but uh, you know, I think I think it's personal. I think it's different strokes, different folks. I, right. I mean, I'm not saying you're sure. wrong. I'm not saying that I'm 100 percent right. I just think that you know, when I personally do stand-up comedy, my end result isn't always to get a huge laugh, because every some bits are for that, and then other bits are about the 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 journey through that story and the emotional core of that story, and that's the difference between being a storyteller kind of style and something else uh, absolutely I, I okay i i don't disagree but the story has to be funny absolutely and the story has to build yes and that's skill that's yes, craft yes D of course it is you have to have craft to, to pull it off and and what what i think what you're talking about more is is uh an innate honesty in the story right uh because that's what they relate to yes they relate to something that they know is coming from your heart right even though only a small part of it may be true, sure. and the rest uh, embellished upon. Right. It must come from an honest place. Right. And, and most paintings that people really appreciate feel that's what happened with the person that the artist who made that painting. It came from their heart or a place of, of honesty. So. Or yeah. Or you see something in it. it, it there's lots of there's lots of things in paintings, but but yeah. but everyone, it, it, you want, I'm trying to produce a similar reaction, not. 
a a subjective interpretive reaction. Right. Is, is poetry an art for you? Yeah, because you've because written what, you've written how many you've written seven books on poetry. Yeah, right? I, because, I actually because, went through the books in my parents' bookcase. They have all my books, and I was counting to see how many actual poems I published. So you I, sold seven I'm books. Freaky that way. Okay. No, one, six. One is coming out. Oh, okay. Because there's an end result that you want from a joke, but it's, it's similar what, in a but, poem. It's similar. You're, really, you're, you're looking to create an image, uh, create a lasting, create something in the mind of the reader with. With a, a, a very small number of words. That's See, the idea. I think even a, a poem is more uh, leaves more room for interpretation by the reader. Oh, absolutely. But uh, with a joke, you basically you, know, you that's you're supposed to laugh. At the that's end of the that. big difference. Right. That's the big difference. Okay. Uh, and right. when I do reading, I'm doing a reading in Windsor and next week. And when I do readings, I generally read my funny poems. I got to read more because I can't. I, can't, I, can't, <laughs> I hate read reading anything. poems that don't get laughed. I just hate reading. I don't really like it. Here's something very interesting. You're, you're from Sarnia. Do you have any poems on tape for Dave? Yeah. <laughs> Can you make a fart sound halfway through? Them? Do you have a pop up poem book? A pop up oh, poem pop book? Up. They're good for Dave. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it can come with some I, lifesavers or something. Now, yeah. you're from Sarnia, but you've never done the Sarnia Comedy Festival. Why is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with them now. They're they so hate sorry. me there. Darren keeps getting booked there. <laughs> no. They, That's right. They, they, yeah. Derek, are you serious? Is there a sign no, you no, comedy? No, no, okay. no. I'm right. fucking with you. Okay. I'm trying That's to get fine. off the, the so deep art comedy oh, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. I feel like we're going to have to call out to our PBS listeners or something. <laughs> I'm going to start to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. If you send in some money now, you get a tote bag with all of Dave Martin's DVDs. <laughs> uh, the phone's not ringing. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's let's get back to something we really want to talk about. Pornography saves lives. Yes, it, it does. Sure does. <laughs> yes, it does. Twenty minutes at a time. If, if, if you had a if you had a woman that uh, asked you to make a choice between staying with her and pornography, what would be the first question that would go through your mind? How I do, I, how do I look at pornography without her knowing? Okay, exactly. Right. How do you hide it? Well, that well, or just I would ask, how do you define pornography? Right? No, no, you wouldn't no. even ask I'm, that. You no, know, she'd have an answer. I'm afraid. Okay, yeah. you're, the, you're you're making the mistake that she you're thinking she might have not have an answer, but she she didn't go into the argument uh, unmanned. Uh, okay, she, she went she in with got, okay. with yeah. every question uh, anticipated. I know what I would do. I'd book a twelve week tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to Japan more than that crazy shit. I'd go to fucking Rio. I'd do everything. Uh, Would you try to just get all the porn and jerking off out of here? 12 you? weeks. For, in 12 weeks? In 12 weeks, man. Oh, well. My cock would just fall off. It would just Good fall luck. off after 12 weeks and then. <laughs> Leave a big dent somewhere. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, something else I wanted to ask you about is you're the, uh, you did the guest editing of Filth in Windsor, uh, Ontario, the newspaper there. No, not well, the newspaper. The, no? the, the, the literary magazine oh, of, the, literary, of the university. Okay. So uh, what was that? Well, uh, the, I, I'm a f I went to that university for two years. I neglected to graduate. I've done. I've guest lectured, et cetera, et cetera. What does that mean? You you neglected to graduate? You didn't I want to, neglected just... to come back for my third year. Oh, okay. Um, and I went into comedy. Oh, uh, all right. I, anyway, uh, I know a lot of people there. I, I'm very, very good friends with the the editor of that magazine, and okay. he asked me to guest edit the, their issue on filth. And what it means is, uh, you then start getting in the mail uh, piles and piles and piles of stuff that poets and uh, short story writers have written uh, which they think applies to the topic filth and it right. was all kinds of filth it was bodily function filth oh, okay. it was animal filth it was sex filth it was various types of things and uh, I had to read it all and pick stuff that's terrible it, it was not it well, was I... not the most fun I've ever had 
Oh, I'll it, say that. Did you get boring quickly? Of like, no, oh, it, it's not right, that it gets that boring. In there again? No, or? no, no. It, but but the thing is, something has to. I, I, right. I'm picking it, so it has to grab me right away. Oh. And so, you didn't and just then grab yourself right and, away. Yeah, okay. No, oh, no, it oh, wasn't yeah. like that. That's I used the computer for that. Um, but uh, I found I can type with one hand. Darren, are you good at that? I can type uh, with no hands. I use my nose. <laughs> I use my nose. I don't I know what you're, you're doing. Say nose there. I've got this contraption that goes in my head like I'm handicapped, and I can just use two oh, hands. That, oh, <laughs> that is beautiful, baby. Sure. I love that. No, so I, I guest edited, and I wrote a. I put. It, I just finished a section of a book called uh, Sexual History, a series of poems uh, called Sexual History, and I put one of those poems in for my contribution to filth, and I wrote a little opening and. And that was it. No money, just. Uh, well, yeah. can I ask you, UK? You bring up money very quickly. Now, when you first started stand up, yeah, I know that there's some comics uh, who have said that the moment they walked into a comedy club uh, and they saw someone doing stand up, they immediately thought, "How can I make a living at this?" And there's no. some. Pe- no, but I mean, but there's like because <laughs> I I know one comic who said like after he did his first five minutes, and uh, he went up to the manager and said. Uh, uh, how much time do I need to have before I can get, sort of paid. get paid and go out on the road? And how some people, when they first start, they're told, oh, work on that five minutes, right? But this one guy, well, it's Chuck Byrne, who said this to me, and he's coming on the show soon, but he actually said, no, I, it's, and then he said every amateur night, he would try to do a different five minutes until he had the 20. But because, I mean, like for me, it was just like I just didn't, I didn't want to be invisible. I just kind of wanted to be like, hey, I got jokes to sell, and look at me, I'm over here. But when you first started, especially in like 1980, well, what, what were, did you? There were two things. There wasn't really a circuit then. Yeah. As I began to get better around 80, late 82 into 83, right. a small number of gigs started to come up. And, and as I got better, there were more gigs. That See, was right. part of it. The other thing was I killed the first night. Right. Absolutely destroyed. Everything worked. Yeah. Came back a week later, did the exact same set, and nothing worked. None Not of that one thing. And I was absolutely hooked. Oh, so, oh. Totally fucking hooked. Yeah, and, and, and was it the, just the fact that you could go in one day and then with this? What and, and... don't I know? Right. What did I know a week ago that I didn't know tonight? What is, how do I get back there from here? I'm Now I'm here. Now I'm hooked and I'm bombing. Right. How do I get back to there? No, it's just because I remember there was like someone else, because you and Darren were talking about workshops. There was a guy that was uh, teaching a workshop once at the Young and Eglinton Club, and uh, they would do this before the amateur night. And uh, a guy said uh, in the audience, he was like, oh, well, you know, my uh, my father was telling me earlier today that Jerry Seinfeld gets this much money to do his uh, TV show every year. And so he told me that I should come down here and start trying stand-up comedy. And the guy that was teaching the class told him to get up and leave. And uh, and then and then kind of called them back and said, you know what? If you're supposed to do a set to set tonight, you're not going to. You're going to sit there and you're going to watch the entire show. And if you leave, you're never going to come back here again. And I think the kid sit, sat there, but I don't think he. Pers- would. I wouldn't have kicked him out, and I wouldn't. Love, but that I would have said the same thing. What I did, the first two years, right. I was at Yuck Yucks doing only amateur nights. I think I missed 10 nights yeah. out yeah. of two years. Of course, yeah. Well, I went every night. Sure. I saw everybody. Yeah. And I saw everybody six times. Yep. And I knew all their acts backwards and forwards. And and you know who you learn the most from? Guys you don't think are funny. Well, see, the thing well, you is... Well, you learn what not to do also. Right, yeah. Well, that's, but, that's just as important as what to do is what not to do. Absolutely. And you, yeah. but, but the idea being that you, the guys you think are funny, you laugh at. Right. And a guy you don't think is funny, he's getting laughs. And you have to sit there and think, 
okay, what's he doing? Sure. Right, yeah. yeah. But see, because that amazes me because, you know, 1980, there wasn't a circuit and there wasn't all these shows that you could hop onto, but, um, but you know, you still pursued it. And some people go into it, especially now more as a business, and some people go into it for the love of the art of doing stand-up. And that's why it kind of throws me off that you don't think, like, unless someone was there doing it for the art of it, I don't, why would people keep fucking pursuing it in those early I, years? I don't, I don't. If you didn't see Look, this big picture at the end of the rainbow, I knew I loved being on stage. Okay, you love being on stage. I, all and my you life, I had, okay. I had done various stage things with other people mostly, um, and I this clicked with me. Right, they, they, I, I liked all of them, but this one you can't share it. And and uh, the one thing about comedians, if there's a, a trait that we all have, we do not like to share. And generally speaking, yeah. and and uh, I married a comedian, and one of the reasons I did was if you don't marry one, you can't absolutely share what you do, and she can't totally understand right. what you do. For that's my opinion, but um, see, I get I get uncomfortable saying that I'm an artist, but I do think what I do or try to do is an art. Well, but that's fine. Okay, all right, I don't. I, you can say whatever you want. It just you wouldn't big this, asshole. Well, I don't give a <laughs> shit. What do I care? I've had it so tightened. Why don't you see. get a radio show, you big that's egomaniac? Right. Fuck Dave Martin. That's what it's called. Hey, Fuck Dave Martin. No, it's anything goes with Darren Frost. That's right. I, I'm told. Yeah, can I every, can I talk, Dave? Every or van wanna... ride over here, I'm told. Remember who this fucking show is? Yeah. Do you want to relive your fucking amateur nights again, Dave, or can hey, I get a question in? Can here? we? Okay. Does, it, does anyone ever ask Dave? Hey, Dave, I heard you on that Darren Frost. Joke. Yeah, they do. Actually. <laughs> I get they that do. quite a bit, actually. Yeah, can Dave not talk so much? That's what they say. Oh, is that what they? No, well, no, but I, I'm very hurtful. Enough. I'm hurtful. Okay. Um, one other quick question. We have just about three or four minutes left. Okay. Two things. One, um, so we don't forget. If people want to get any of your books or any of your, your dates, where can they go? You can get my books. Most of them are on Amazon. Okay. Or you can go to mosaicpress.com. Okay. Um, uh, where I'm playing in Ottawa. At the Yuck Yucks starting this Thursday. Okay. I'm playing at Comedy Nest uh, in Montreal, March 8, 9, and 10. Okay. And, and then someone asked a question this summer. You might be doing a string of dates with Yucks. I'm doing, uh, yeah, I'm doing Niagara Falls, May 30th, June 1, 2. I'm doing uh, London the week after that and Toronto, first three weeks of June. Okay, perfect. Niagara Falls, London, Toronto. And are you going to be, someone asked on our, our Anything Goes Facebook page, are you going to be writing any new material specifically for these comedy club dates? <laughs> or, which I think is a weird question. Who, but who, is, who asked that question, no, Darren? No, no, no. no, no. Okay. no, no. But someone asked, and it's right. just, you get, I just you, think you're going to do whatever you're doing right now. Well, right? I'm writing new material now. And, yeah. and you, know, you know this, you go up on stage every night and, and the last thing I'm looking at is the, the five or six new jokes. And the exciting part of the show is when I get to those jokes. And then when you come off stage, you think, oh, Christ, I forgot the of course, I yeah, forgot yeah. the GPS yes, joke. Yeah. God damn it. I can't believe I forgot the Oh, the GPS, GPS joke where you can program the languages and you can make fun of Chinese drivers. Anyways. Yes, what? And more yeah. importantly how did you, that. How did you know that? Sorry, sorry, hey, wait a minute. Sorry, sorry. You stole no, that want, from you I got to go teach a class. You want to hear my GPS joke really fast? Sure, go ahead. Uh, it's about kids. You have GPS in the car. You don't even have to know where you live that's anymore. Right. That's right. That's the joke. Oh, that's good. <laughs> anyway, and I don't know. It's not Chinese drivers. Okay, good. I was just going to ask they, more they importantly. Crazy. I was going to ask him more importantly. Um, do you have a car just in case I get booked to middle with you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you have a car because <laughs> yeah. I might get booked to middle with you. Um, uh, 
no, no. Uh, if I'm working that group, I will have I will have a car. But yes, I, you hear that, Middles? Middles, he has a car. But, I'll, but for car. the London gig, I'll down. be coming from uh, Detroit, Sarnia? the Detroit oh, side Detroit. or the Sarnia yeah. side. Right. So but forget if you, but that. But we shit. booked an Ajax together. You have a car. If okay. you if you take I mean, the you train, station. If you take the train to London, <laughs> you know, get your own fucking car. No, exactly. I'm not it's not safe. What? <laughs> or if Christina and I start dating, I'll drive her everywhere. So. <laughs> You're gonna see my friends, and I still get to ride everywhere. Okay. Okay. We have, both, <laughs> we, have, we have two minutes left. I just want to touch on this subject, then we got to wrap it up. I'll date you. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's it. In 1980, 81, 82, did you ever think you'd be doing comedy on a cruise? <laughs> no. No, you don't think about that. No, but the cruise is the cruise is a very specialized kind of comedy. Absolutely. You know, you can't be controversial in any real way. Uh, you, you, like, here's the cruise thing, real quick. You can have a joke. You've done it uh, for ten years. Well, in my case, I apologize. Ten years, fifteen years, and it's never had a problem anywhere. And you do it on a ship for two or three years, never a problem. And then one night, fifteen complaints about Weird. this joke. And you you can never do it again on a ship. Wow. And 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 this is that's my personal thing. Oh, okay. So I, I like can't the law do of the sea. Or I can't do like it that. again for that cruise. If that I'm working with that cruise director, but but the safe thing, it got 15 complaints one night. So the safe thing, don't do it. Okay. You know, because the money is so good. Oh no! I know. Of you're, course, you're, the money it has to be and, good and because you, you you're know, stuck on the you boat. Have, you have you have three kids. You know. Of course. It's, yeah, you're, you're, you're the, the 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 money's good, and you have to be cool. You can't make jokes about Republicans. You got. Right. I've had people come up or to the me war. and say, "Yeah, oh God, I got in so much trouble for that one night." The guy, uh, I was doing a joke about being Canadian, and the guy went, uh, "I don't like Canada. They didn't support us in the Iraq War." And I come off stage, and the cruise director's right in my face, and he's going, "Why are you talking about the fucking war?" And I said, "I wasn't. The guy <laughs> yeah. brought it up. It yeah. wasn't me." Yeah. So uh, that yeah, it's it, it's a bit of a minefield, but. Uh, you know, as you, as you, like anything, as you do it for a number of years, you get better at it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, even recently, Kenny Robinson uh, has done cruise ships. I mean, we all have to do what we have to do to pay uh, our rent. There's and- a, there's a, there's a, two ships for Royal Caribbean that have a comedy club, and you can pretty much do what you want, pretty much. Oh wow! Uh, it's sixteen shows in a week. By wow. the way, that's okay. Wow. Yeah. How many different sets do you have to have? None. Sixteen. Uh, no, no. You, you do. You can do your same. It's six thousand passengers, and the show, oh. the showroom is a hundred and twenty. Is that the one that got like a fucking whaled in Italy and is on fire? No, 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 no. No, it's not. No, not the one that got fucking whaled. No, no. But but uh, that and it pays well and. Uh, you can do the same set. There will be people who will come back sometimes, sure. but that's their, if they want to come back, yeah, you know, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Can you do jokes about the boat that you're on? Yeah. I, oh, really? The can guy the, the guy who opened the show, the last time I did one of those comedy club dates, which was a month and a half ago, was doing stuff about the, the Costa Cruise that crashed. See, that seems not proper. But the audience was eating it up. Okay. So, right. you know. The end user, that's all that matters. Yeah. Exactly. All right, well, thank you, John Wing thank Jr., you, for coming guys. down. Yay, thank you, Darren. Any, thank you. Anytime you're in town, please come back. We have lots of more things we can talk uh, to you about. Where can we find you online, too? Oh, uh, John, uh, my, my Facebook page, uh, John Wing. Uh, I have a face, public figure. I think yes. it's John Wing public figure. <laughs> and uh, friend me on Facebook and, uh, you know, that type all of right. shit. So I, don't, to, I don't tweet or anything. Go to right. John Wing, pull my finger, and uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll see all you want. Go to uh, Comedy Horror 2. Oh. The sequel. Yeah, yeah. That angry Canadian guy. <laughs> dot com. Right. Yeah, that's the guy. Thanks, John. Uh, thank you. Bye, guys. 
There are some people who could bring world peace if they weren't so busy hating everyone. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hey, this is Christian Potenza, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on Laugh Attack, XM Radio. <laughs> Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Okay, we're back from the break. And joining us in studio, uh, two people, Jay and Aton, who are a comedy duo called Rick and Chuck. Uh, they were, I uh, first time I met these guys, they were part of the Boom a Comedy Sketch Troupe in Toronto. And they have a video online right now on YouTube that is uh, starting to go viral. Uh, I wish I could play you the song. Uh, unfortunately, even XM Radio is not allowed to play this <laughs> yeah. song. Good for you guys. That's how we do. That's how you do it. That's so how, how you guys do. doing? Uh, have you guys good. been told why your song is not allowed to be played? Because um, it's not, it, there, I mean, there's loads of swearing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the... Uh, I think it's the graphic imagery and yeah. uh, rape and all that. Yeah, uh, it's the rape and graphic It is a joke. It's, it's not real rape. It's but joke rape. The song is, yeah, that's, uh, but I yeah. mean, <laughs> the song's so over the top hmm. that you should be, uh, it's kind of, obviously these guys are doing a parody of... Yeah. Of, but you guys are almost even doing a parody of the idea of putting thirteen-year-old kids as ooh, exactly. they're thirteen and they're rappers. Isn't well, that let's, bad? Let's, yeah. let's go backwards. And, yeah, let's, okay, let's go, go back. The Catholic thirteen-year-old guy, I think, is the funniest part. Right. right? Mm. Thank you. So let's go back. Who is? Explain who Rick and Chuck is, so then we can go into the song or, and talk about why there is problems with the song if there is in terms okay. of getting it played. Okay, so we just came up with a sketch idea uh, where uh, Jay had all these really gross rap lines and we were like, well, these are really gross lines and it would be really fucked up if we as, you know, 26, 27-year-olds said these lines out loud, but it would be a pretty funny idea if we played these 13-year-old kids who found their older brother's rap CDs and, you know, if you're 13 and you find rap CDs and it has all these crazy curse words and all this disgusting stuff on it, you're like, oh, I'm going to write something like that and you're 13, so you don't know what really bad it is and so, you know, you write a song that's completely over the top so it has uh, to be a joke. Yeah, as Darren said, we are in a sketch group called The Boom and uh, Darren's uh, been on it a couple times yeah absolutely in the past. and uh yeah darren uh pretty disgusting himself which is yep. great and uh <laughs> that's what we're all about so uh yeah it was just a sketch idea it was literally we uh we had maybe 13 or 14 sketches in the show but that one i i love writing disgusting horrible rhymes and i know that just me in a hoodie going out on stage somewhere wouldn't really be able to get away with some of the horrible stuff that we say so i'm like what where how is there a way of doing it where everyone could kind of laugh and smile after hearing uh you know violent imagery about cunts and uh, really violent pussy wussies yeah, and all that lovely fun stuff but so you guys started out you just did a, another other songs and well, this is kind of like the newest song no like how- no it's funny actually this is the first song we ever wrote and it was just supposed to be a one-off sketch and then we did it at the boom show and it got a huge like ova- like we'd never had a response like that to a sketch before and we were like we thought for all we know people would you know throw tomatoes at us and say that's insane I was so scared yeah, we, I were, never we were pretty nervous uh, to say ever, that stuff actually. <laughs> and then people went nuts so we were like I guess we should you know do more songs sure, and now yeah. we've got like 14 of them and okay uh, and but when we when we decided to make the video, uh, which we started these characters like two and a half years ago, we've been doing them live for a while, and uh, fi- you know finally we were sort of trying to make a bit of a you know legitimize them a bit, like maybe try to 
do so stuff with them. So we added the uniforms, them, so. the Catholic school uniforms. The uniforms. We made a video, and uh, we had to go to back to our first song uh, that we were gonna, you know, when we were gonna make the video because it well, makes sense, right? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, do you think the song just stands on its own, or do you think it's like, or did you think of like the uniforms with? the song itself because I mean it seems like the two go very well together but I mean do you think if you just heard the song on its own would you know it's so, so supposed to be so like tongue-in-cheek and over the top and right. hey look listen we're almost swearing so much that you just you can't take it seriously yeah well we, think... on the EP that we, we recorded a little demo and I mean even on the audio uh, demo we had we you know put a quick little 30 second hi I'm Charles and I'm Chuck and we're in grade 8 at blah 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 and so we did that on the demo just so that you know it's but part I mean, of the song it's part of the right, song on yeah. the demo but I think if you just heard the song you'd be like wow this is a really dirty song we do talk about being 13 and uh, being in grade 8 and right. introducing the characters right. a little bit but then I think some people um, maybe it gets lost in, in some of the other graphic you know, uh, imagery and stuff like that murdering the women and ejaculating all the fun stuff yeah well <laughs> Yeah, all the the, uh, the the money shots and stuff like that that you guys bring up in the yeah. in the song. I mean, it's it's funny, but it's not like, but it's not in any attempt to actually try to be like a legitimate rap song or anything like that. It's supposed to be comedy first, right? I say parody first, yes. but then I, I think we took a page out of like the the Weird Al book, right? Where, exactly, uh, absolutely, yeah. Where if you're gonna parody something, I'd say do the best version of the type of music you're parodying. Yep, yeah. right. good for you guys. Yep. Like let let this be said, Jay and I. Uh, Love hip hop. I, I, I've been and rapping. Women. I I've love been, women. I've been rapping so, <laughs> solo stuff. I've been doing solo stuff. Jay's written a lot of solo stuff. We do love rap, and so we did sit down and say it has to be funny. We're doing mm. it for a fucking comedy show, but first things first, it has to be well written for good sure. Hip hop, because yeah. if it's not, then it's just there's a lot of comedians that go out and they do a jokey rap or whatever, even if it's really dirty. But at the end of the day, it's pretty basic rhymes yeah. and pretty simple stuff. Walking and we, down the we wanted to, to yeah, yeah, we wanted to kind of add some flow, some flavor, make you know, put a real hook into it. So make it like it could it could be a song that people like. We've had a lot of people that just like hip hop say, I love the song. Yeah, right? but does that ever worry you? Because then, then you're sort of like, no, but this is a joke song. You really shouldn't like uh, like the song that much as just a mm -hmm. pure song. You should know that it's a joke all the time. No, it gets no, me no, really no, no, excited. No, no. It doesn't? It gets right. me really excited. Yeah, Tell me how much well, you love that song. I'm because it's right like now. Okay. There's like two markets there. There's comedy right. and there's music. There's a yep. giant market for gross comedy and there's a giant market for dirty ass gross a... hip hop. So <laughs> yeah, it fits. You know, I, I love it when people say they like the song. First things first, I think it's a really good song. I well, get I mean, mad when people say they like the song. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's a joke, you guys. Stop no, but uh, but you can tell listening to the song that you yeah. guys respect the music that you're parodying. That's all I love growing up. Actually, right. the, the entire joke of it is a true story. When right. I was, uh, I, I grew up in a really. Catholic house, like there's more pictures of. I'm Jewish. Jesus. I didn't have anything to do. With oh, okay. Get out. Get out of the studio. Uh, he started talking about market hitting both markets and comedy. Yeah, exactly. there you go. Right? I like there you take the Jew <laughs> angle pretty quickly. Yeah, but put the Catholic schoolboy uniform on. You can rap about disgusting things. Exactly. But, no, I grew up in a. I went. I was. I used to be an altar boy growing up. I. Uh, uh, my parents are like, my mom's like right off the boat, Roman Catholic Italian uh, woman, and there's a lot of pictures of Jesus in the house, and I remember going to church every Sunday, but for some reason, I got some cousins and uh, uh, that love disgusting rap music. I remember being 11 years old and hearing, like, Naughty by Nature and Wu-Tang Clan, and it opened this whole world to me of, of amazing, like, they're saying all these words. Why are they calling each other the N-word? Why, <laughs> why are they saying the F-word all the time? And it excited me so much because I was so, like, oppressed, you know, like a teenager or whatever. So then I got into metal and a lot of hip-hop, so I thought the joke would be hilarious if these kids... You know, yeah, find it's, their it's really like a pretty albums, simple comment. They think on it's like, just music. They're, they want to yeah. do the talent show, and they're like, 
we're going to talk about stuff like the rappers talk about, yeah. and then it's just the most violent, horrible thing. And they don't think it's wrong. They think it's just music. Yeah, like, that's what I like about it. The, the, the big Thanks. thing also is, I mean, the song the song is great. I've, I laughed a lot at the lyrics. But the video also, yeah. it, it's like a one-two punch. You can, you can have an okay song and a great video, but when the two are both, you know, thank great, you so much. Yeah, thanks um, a lot. it's that... really, really impressive. And I and I, I really I really was impressed when I saw it. I watched it. I watched it again. I mean, I've shot some of my own kind of rock videos for a, another band and stuff, and it's not easy to pull off doing both those things. Right. And, I, and that's and why I was very impressed. The credit ha definitely to the guys that made it, uh, Geronimo Deadly, this, like, troop of guys that we know they you know <laughs> they show up with like $75,000 with the camera right. equipment and like are ready to do a two camera shoot and like so you know we luck. came up with the concept the concept for the first video it's just a platform of the sketch right sure I mean, when we make new ones there'll be crazy stuff happening and some special effects maybe for all we know but they showed up and they knew exactly they got the concept they know comedy right and so that's like there's a lot of people that have great so equipment first but they don't yeah. know how to like you know they don't know comedic timing they don't yep. quite, they were like we should have a break into it they, they, yep. they had some ideas and they it was like it was pretty, pretty yeah, it was very well it was very did, well yeah. edited there's no doubt about it. They, they're great, you know, because yeah. you can have great cameras and shitty editing kills a video. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so in the future, what's going on? You guys are going to be doing obviously more boom shows, yep. and yeah. that happens once a month. Where uh, the first Thursday of every month at the Drake Hotels. Our Drake new Hotels, home. Yeah, Drake home. Underground, okay. at eight o'clock. And how often does Rick and Chuck perform? Uh, I mean, when Rick and Chuck, for, you know, we have a show this Thursday night, March the first, uh, and we have a new song. Uh, we haven't okay. performed it, so we'll perform it. Uh, if there's, you know. A new song. Can yeah, we we'll, ask any uh, any clues <coughs> as to what your new song is about? Any topic? Yeah. Um, any topic? We can say the Probably name the of the new song. Is it all bitches? It's it's actually, give me a hint. It's, it's oh, actually hit. the dirtiest song we've written. Normally, the yes. songs are about um, us kind of getting with a bunch of girls and like having sex with That's all these different realistic. girls. Like <laughs> like this, this song is, is kind of the first time we wrote a story uh, just about one girl. Uh, and the song's called Rape and Murder. Oh. And the first wow. verse is... Uh, yeah, I don't know Already, if XM's going to be able to play so. for that. Or... No, it won't be... Uh, won't be but we'll, we'll premiere it at a boom show when so. we have a new song. We should not, send it we'll straight just... to the CBC, yeah. is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I think we could find a way out of that loophole if you just read the song. Thank you. As opposed mm. to actually singing it. Thank I think right. singing is different yeah. from reading. Right. Yeah. right. Well, you know what? You guys should come back in a couple weeks and we'll read the lyrics. Yeah, that'd be nice. We'll do a dramatic reading of the lyrics. Yes, we'll do it in a jazz style version. Background music to it. Just Tell somebody it's a dark poem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, okay, so the, the video is on YouTube right now, yeah. and it's called Wee's Hard. Wee's Hard. Uh, H-A-W. Just search Rick and Chuck we're on YouTube. Because straight up gangsta. Yeah. yeah. All there is on YouTube, by the way, when you search Rick and Chuck, is our video, and then there's, uh, <laughs> there's an old there's gay couple. An old gay couple. It's called Rick and Chuck <laughs> Wedding. It's called Rick and Chuck yeah. Wedding. There's oh. three Actually, parts. It's unbelievable. And, and both are hard. I was yeah. Say, yeah. That was the video that Dave showed us first. Oh, look at these two guys. They're so much in love. in the <laughs> and then we watched your guys' video. Yeah, okay, amazing. well, unfortunately, we're out of time this week. Uh, no we want to thank everyone for listening and give a shout-out to uh, Frank and Victoria, producers who are putting us together. And uh, check out our Facebook page. There's always updates uh, for new shows and new podcasts and all that jazz. And uh, where are you going to be this weekend, Christina? Actually, uh, on Wednesday, I'm at Wilfrid Laurier College in Kitchener. Dave? Uh, actually, I think, Arn, I'm, I'm going to be on a show with you on Saturday, yes. correct? Yes, at, at Clandestiny. Uh, at Clandestiny, which is uh, yes. on uh, Queen Street uh, near Broadview. That's right. Mm -hmm. And a special show on March 12th at the Rivoli. I'm going to be part of a, a live stream internet broadcast of the Alt.Comedy Show with nice. other comedians such as Deborah Giovanni, uh, John Hastings, uh, Nathan McIntosh, Dom Perret, and Christine Von Hagen. Oh, oh, one more show I want to plug. I'm also uh, going to be a judge. 
Judge again at the uh, Twitter Gong Show Twitter next gong. Tuesday at the Rivley, and Aton has been a part of that. And okay. it's, it's a big blast, that show. It's very, very exciting and fun. Cool. So, Rivley next Tuesday. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks we appreciate it. And yeah, when you thanks. have a new song, if we can play it, we will play it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. We love it. You guys are awesome. And find it and, and follow us on uh, uh, twin, uh, Anything Goes Ha on, on Twitter. Twitter. That's us. That's it. Good night. Good night, everybody. Yay. 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 Go drink and drive. I'm